welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. All right, well, welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I am here with a very special guest. Can you introduce yourself? Hi there, I'm Peter Edges from CrossFit Fury. Awesome, Peter. Hey, thank you so much for being on the show today. Super appreciate it. Hey, thank you for the opportunity. I, I'm, I'm proud to be here. I love your program. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I try to put out some good stuff. Usually I have some awesome guests like yourself on, so it's, it's helpful when you have people who know what they're talking about, and that's why I want to talk to you today. I know we've chatted a little bit before, but um, do you get started? I'd love to hear your story, Peter. I want to hear about how you came to where you are today, how you've come to own CrossFit Theory, and, and all the nitty-gritty details of what that journey has entailed. Yeah, so, um, you know, I'd say honestly, this, uh, this road started probably, I'm, I'm 31 years old now, so about 16 years ago when I started making some, uh, bad choices in my life. I, uh, you know, typical high school kid, I, I was experimenting around and, uh, kind of started hanging out with the wrong crowd and got into drugs and alcohol pretty regularly and, uh, really just kind of let my life kind of decline there for a little bit. I really wasn't thinking about my health and my long-term future, really focused on the right here and now. And uh, I ended up doing a little bit of jail time as a young man. Um, I was 18 years old. I spent basically my 18th year uh, incarcerated. And uh, it, was, it was when I got out that uh, I decided to, to make a change. And um, I moved in with my parents. I started going to college. And uh, and that was really where I started to find fitness. I used fitness to uh, to battle the addiction, to battle the, battle the drug use. And, uh, and it worked well. Um, so I started weightlifting, and I was doing some running. I was doing some semi-crossfit-ish thing, but I definitely was not doing crossfit. Uh, but I was interested in everything. And I decided to take a physiology course so that I could learn some more. I, I was actually on a math and science pathway. I, I, I was, I've always been a fan of math and science. I was doing physics. But uh, as an elective, I took physiology. And uh, that is the professor that potentially changed my life, one of the many that really changed my life. He, uh, he's the one who ultimately directed me to the CrossFit.com website for workout ideas. And uh, I, you know, just like everyone else, I can remember my first day so vividly still. The, the workout with Cindy and uh, my friend and I were like, oh, that's so easy. Big 20 minutes of that, we're going to get 100 rounds, you know. And uh, 10 minutes in, and probably like six rounds. I don't remember what my score is, but uh, I loved it very much. I remember just like hands on my knees dying, and uh, we never looked back. I mean, I mean, truly never looked back. The date of that was, um, let's see, so that was after I ran up, I, I trained and ran a marathon, and that was in 2006. And so it was coming off of that. I felt really bad. Like I didn't like where my fitness was after the marathon. I felt like I had actually been great in my fitness, even though I'd done this, you know, high achieving thing. And uh, so that's when the professor directed. I said, "Hey, I'm looking for something else." He directed me to CrossFit.com. So that was probably around like November or December of 2006, because within six, seven months, we were traveling out to Aromas for the first ever CrossFit Games. We saw that get posted. We were we were oh, cool. avidly doing. We were, yeah, we were avidly doing the dot-com workouts, my friend and I, while we were going to college. And, uh, yeah, they said you could camp on site. And so uh, we packed up the, uh, the little pickup truck that we had, and we drove out, stayed cash to his house, not knowing who any of these people were. And, uh, and literally, we were the only people that camped on site there. Uh, Dave had to come out and help us set up our tents. We couldn't figure out we got there in the dark. And, uh, yeah, that was just 
such an eye opener. I mean, we were uh, we were more amazed by meeting like Nicole Carroll and Eva T than Greg or Dave or any of those guys like really behind the operations of it. Um, we were we were always just so intrigued by those athletes that they would post the videos of like Greg Robinson and uh, mm-hmm. you know, Nicole Carroll and them. Yeah, so you know uh, that that was booked. Uh, it was a really cool uh, event. I met Chris Spieler, I met James uh, Fitzgerald, I met a lot of people with Freddie Camacho, Dale Sarin, um, and these are you know friendships I have now to this day. Um, came back from that event very motivated, and uh, we trained really hard in our little commercial gym because we were we were actually working front desk at a commercial gym. Um, trained really hard. We actually started buying equipment. The, the owner didn't really care for that much. I remember I bought a rower. I bought a GHD. I bought a medicine ball. And, uh, and we trained all year long. And, and then we went back in 2008 to the next CrossFit Games. And it went from, I believe, like 60 athletes in the first year to 300 and some odd athletes. And you could tell that these were a, a much more serious level of athletes. And uh, I think I placed around 10th place in year one. And in year two, I was like in the 20s. And so uh, I felt like I had to get more serious if I really wanted to uh, to stay with this group of people that I was, you know, immersing myself in. And so it was, it was leaving um, it was leaving the 2008 games. Uh, well, it was between leaving the 2008 games and another uh, another instance at that commercial gym that really made me decide to open up my affiliate. Um, I remember before the 2008 games, I was working front desk on a Sunday, and uh, this was a pretty big gym. You know, it was probably like. 7,000 square feet or so, and you know, all the ellipticals and treadmills and, and machines and everything. And I, I believe there was like maybe four or five people in the gym on a Sunday afternoon, and I was working front desk. And all but one of those people were waiting in line to use a medicine ball that I had bought and that I had programmed some work. I think it's probably Karen what? or something. And I, wow. I realized right then, I was like, hey, I think I might be onto something. You're like, these people are yeah. here for what we're doing, for all this equipment. And then between that and then the, seeing the growth at 2008, uh, I came back and it was not long thereafter that we had affiliated, signed our lease, and we were opening up shop. Oh my goodness, Peter! What a story! That's just crazy, though. Wow, I love that you saw that line of people just <laughs> sitting there waiting to use that med ball. What what a testament to I don't know just what. CrossFit is and does and, and what people recognize it for. Like, they recognize, oh, this is different and this works. And, dang. So, what was that like then, you know, going from a passion of, of you know, the sport and, and fitness to actually running the business with it? I mean, what, what did that look like? Because that is, it's a little different from the sport to the business. And I was just kind of curious what that looked like and how you've evolved over the years and gotten to where you are today. Yeah, so I'm still learning every day because, you know, I, I had really no uh, no business acumen uh, leading this besides what I you know learned from selling drugs on the shoot. But um, it, it was uh, it's been a, it's been a learning process. But that's probably been the biggest obstacle. You know, I can I, I'm fairly handy with my hands. I can build things. I, I've built our gym from 2,000 square feet to 15,000 square feet. Uh, we built a lot of equipment. You know, we've, we've trained a lot of people. That's easy to me. The hard parts are uh, are like. Uh, Team management and team development, you know, really uh, constantly keeping uh, keeping your team growing and, and invigorated and excited because it's just it's challenging you know, to keep uh, a group of people focused on a single mission, a single vision, and a goal. So that's been a big learning process for me. Um, you know, learning just the simple operations of like hierarchy of a business. You know, who reports to who and who's in charge of what. Like, it's one thing when you take care of it all yourself, or you have a, a person that you share a load with. But 
when you have multiple levels of, uh, of management and ownership or, uh, you know, involvement, it, it gets a little tricky. So that's something that I feel like I am continually trying to refine is just our, our day-to-day operations and running a more efficient box. But ultimately, I, I feel like, you know, I mean, you know, any business, there's, there's always administrative work and back-end work, but that, I mean, that like, keeps the lights on, I guess you could say, but like what pays the bills are, are coaching your athletes. And so mm-hmm. I want as much time, all of my, all of my employees, whether they're friend, desk, daycare, whatever, like, I want as much of their time as possible be interacting with our athletes and our members. You know, it's, they don't need to be sitting behind a desk with their head in the computer, you know, data entering. Like we need to find ways to make it more efficient so that I mean, we're, we're a social environment, we're a peer to peer environment, and I, I want to keep our people interacting with our athletes. That's, that's what they come here for. Do you, do you have maybe a specific example of how you kept it more efficient? Uh, you know, utilizing um, so there's, there's many members, membership management softwares out there. Uh, we use only got a goodie. Um, it's not a plug for them by, at all, but we use MindBody, and uh, we really invested the time to learn how to utilize their system better. Because mm. I used it for years at bare minimums, you know, but we still had, like, a lot of just manpower at the desk. And uh, it was probably about two years ago that we really committed to, to making, to, to utilizing the, the, the um, program to its fullest extent. And we have much less front, true front desk time. Now our front desk uh, um, employees can float and interact and learn how to coach and, uh, you know, just be involved, again, talking with our members. And that's that's really what brings value. Yeah, you've, you've done all that just learning more about your software. Yeah, yeah, just by, like, what are the features? Because that's a software that existed before CrossFit. You know, there's a lot of software yeah. out there now that, that have spring up four CrossFit gyms. So this is a very robust program. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm always looking for something new, that's for sure. But uh, it, it's, it's been working well for us so far. Wow. Peter, that's a great, that's a great lesson. That's, a, that's awesome advice. But I know that's one thing that when I talk to affiliates is they aren't utilizing their software to the fullest. And it's the basics, the minimum. But it's because they don't spend the time or maybe they don't have the time or don't want to spend the time on learning it and really getting to know it. But to see that you have and then now see the benefit from it, I think that's that's some that's some great, great advice. So I'm glad you yeah. did that. Yeah. So uh, another specific example of why that matters is, okay, so we have right about 400 members in our CrossFit program. That's just our, our general adult fitness program. And uh, you can't keep track of them, like, in your mind anymore. So we've utilized, like, a self-check-in feature. Everyone checks in the class. We have data when somebody hasn't been in for a week. We have automatic follow-ups when that happens. We get notified when that follow-up goes out. So, like, we can just be personally con. Not only are they getting automated contacts, but then they're personally getting reached out to us by us as well, too. And it's greatly changed our retention. We don't lose that because, like, one week is kind of like that threshold, I feel like. Like, they're kind of getting out of the groove. They're starting a new habit. If we can get them back in by two weeks and get back into their, their groove of exercise, you know, they're going to not go to the sports bar afterwards or in front of the gym or what have you. And uh, it, it saves on membership. Let me just turn that phone off. Sorry. Well, you're fine. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's just one of the many, you know, then following up with prospects and things like that. And we're still, we're still learning. I mean, it's, we never stop. We have, we have employees that are dedicated to just, you know, finding better ways to utilize the program. Mm. I'm kind of curious, what, do you have a, maybe something that you guys are looking to learn this year and that you want to grow in personally? 
Yeah, uh, most definitely. Um, <laughs> so, like, which one should I tell her? <laughs> I know. Um, so uh, let's let's think. I mean, well, one tax day just just passed, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I thought that I had kind of learned some lessons from back in the day, but I ended up having a pretty big tax bill again this year. So that mm-hmm. that's a personal area of focus for mine. Like I. I I don't want to pay any more than I need to. Like there's other ways yeah. to utilize that money. Um, yeah. I had learned when we when we expanded from 5,000 square feet to 15,000 square feet, I spent probably nearly $150,000, and I thought that that was a straight up deduction. But that's something that you depreciate over time. So that was my first oh. year of having a big tax bill. I'm like, okay. how am I supposed to pay all this money? I don't have any. You know, I spent mm. it all building this gym. But that's that's a good lesson for affiliates. It's uh, you know. Capital improvements are not a deduction. They're a depreciation over time. So I, I think, you know, uh, all just building your team, really having, because you can't do everything yourself. You can initially. You, know, you can clean the floors, you can coach your classes, you can do the programming, but you really have to be able to collaborate and help build other people up and have leaders that you can rely on for those situations. So I've, uh, I've begun building relationships with accountants and CPAs so that they can, you know, I don't need to do all the bookkeeping. I can review the bookkeeping and then, you know, pass it along to the accountant and, and have quarterly updates. So uh, just trying trying to um trying to create a career really for my team mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. been a goal of ours for a while we offer health insurance we offer um 401k and IRA options so just continuing to build on that and really make this an, an opportunity for people that they can do indefinitely yeah no this man it's not like all awesome things to just grow in and Gosh, get better at it. That's awesome, Peter. That, oh, that's so cool. It, it sounds like, like Peter has really grown over the years and, and, um, he's just, you know, diving into staff and even the systems and efficiencies. And, and I know one thing that I really want to talk to you about was your guys' programs. You have some mm, interesting programs, a little bit more specialty programs. Uh, I know that we've chatted about a little bit. I was wondering if you could kind of dive into, you know, the offerings that you guys have at Fury and why you have those. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, our, our bread and butter is, uh, is our adult fitness programs, which, um, it, it culminates with our CrossFit program, but it starts with what we call basics. Basics is where people are introduced to, uh, the movements and the intensity and, uh, just the general theme of CrossFit. And uh, that allows people to start working on their fitness right off the bat while they learn the fundamentals. Um, then within, you know, anywhere between six weeks to six months to even six years, they'll transition over to our CrossFit program, which is, you know, very similar, just higher skilled movements, things like they would see on TV. Um, in addition to those programs, we offer specialty classes like barbell and endurance and gymnastics. So I think that's pretty typical at a lot of gyms. We have a great kids um, young kids and then older kids, which we call student-athlete programs, and we have great summer camps, too. The Fury is just popping over the summer. It's amazing how many kids will be in here all day long, wow. basically. Um, we, you know, something we did invest in almost immediately was a daycare, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. I cannot express the importance of that. And I hope that affiliates know that you're probably going to lose money on the um, the amount that you pay somebody to be in the daycare versus whatever you charge your people to, to have access to daycare. But I promise you, you will have many more members because of it. You have very happy members because of it. Um, it's it's crazy. Like, I just had a my first child. He's six months old right now. And uh, it's amazing how many kids are around the gym. Like, uh, you know, we finished coaching 9 a.m., and there will be, like, five little kids crawling around all over the place and mothers just hanging out. Father's just hanging out. It's, it's 
So definitely a family environment. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the basic stuff that we have. Mm-hmm. Oh, we also have a master. We also have a master's program to senior. Oh, you guys do. You know, oh, that's yeah. Cool. We started that probably about five years ago, and you know, you just you look at these like insurance reimbursed programs, which are great. Like I love that the insurance companies are doing that, but you know, they have these uh, these older athletes sitting in a chair, like working on their arm strength or their you know bicep curls, and that's really not what's going to help mm-hmm. them in real life. Like we need to teach them how to pick things up and put them down and get up and get down. And so that's what we're doing, and we're having great success with that. Um, probably about five or six years ago, we started an organic farm. Uh, we we mm-hmm. leased seven acres of land just north of us, and uh, we got the community involved in farming. We had we'd have kids and parents and families out there planting seeds. We'd take care of all the cultivation, watering, and weeding, and then come harvest time, we'd get the families and the community back out there. And we also had a lot of support from the affiliates in Arizona. We uh once a week, we'd make a real big loop. We're, we're a big megapolis around here, just like a constant urban sprawl. So we could make this kind of almost a 100-mile loop all within the city, and I would hit nearly a dozen gyms and drop off produce wow. that they would pre-order. So that was a really unique opportunity. We, we put that on the hold for now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have uh, in the back of our gym, because, we, again, we're in 15,000 square feet, but our, our fitness programs take up about – 12 of it in the back of the gym we've dedicated almost 2,000 square feet to a dance school um, <laughs> for for years I've had these two there are legitimately professional ballerinas who would train here this was their fitness in addition to their dancing and uh, and finally one day the uh, one of the gals came to me and brought to my attention that there's not a, like a truly artistic or performance oriented dance school in the West Side. There's a lot of these commercial ones. I guess you could compare it to like an LA fitness for, for fitness, you know, but there's not something that's truly authentic. And she's like, I think we could do it and I think we could put on performances and, and I think we could kill it. And, uh, so, I mean, you just, you have to embrace people's passion, even if you don't agree with it, even if it's not your forte, like, and that was something I remember from college too. It's like I don't really care what I like, what pro class or, or or program I go to learn. I want to learn from someone who's really passionate about what mm-hmm. they're teaching. So you know, I would take a wide variety of classes based on the instructor. Well, here was a, a woman that was just incredibly passionate and driven. So uh, we you know, we partnered. I I gave her the space. I fronted a lot of the expenses needed. I built her her dance floor, and she has wow. just ran with it and created something amazing. And now. We have 40, 50 ballerinas that are learning how to do, you know, deadlifts and cleans and squats and pull-ups, like things they would never, ever, ever think about doing. And it is just the coolest thing ever. They put on performances two to three times a year, and the place is just sold out for days. And it's, you know, it's a lot of our community that that goes to it. Um, We've put shows on here at the gym before, like for Christmas parties and things. So it's it's a really special, uh, a special just collaborative effort we have going on there. Yeah. So it's a it's a dance school, but then they also train with CrossFit. Yep. So um, officially we run, it's, it's basically like a wing of CrossFit here. Like we handle all their books. We do all the cross, membership CrossFit. They use our system. Again, another reason why we wanted to invest in our systems. Like how do we have a dance program that's auto-drafted and this and that, and they check in the same way as the other ones. It's just like another offering that we have. But um, but the the director of that program she runs every aspect of it. She chooses who she hires. She chooses yeah the rates. Everything is up to her, and okay. it's really special. So yeah. so we are 
you know, we, we have these great things going, and uh, I can't help but try to stay focused on the future, even though you know, you're, you're constantly putting out fires and dealing with things day to day. And uh, we're, we're trying to build, and I hate to use the word community center because everyone, I feel like when you say that picture, is like a YMCA or some mm-hmm. you know, defunct, decrepit. But we're trying to build this um, this like collaborative space or community space where uh, you know our gym is the anchor tenant. We we would not we don't need much more space than we have now. We just lay it out a little differently. But then we can have these mixed use commercial uh, spaces, both for medical or for retail, like groceries or clothing or what have you. And uh, we have the dance school on the second floor where they have this great visual along this interstate, and you'd be able to see them dancing through these glass windows. And, and an amphitheater outside along a park. And it's just, we have this beautiful vision, this concept for the future, and it, it's really beginning to come to fruition. We, uh, we've, uh, we've partnered with our city. They've donated, uh, 130 acres to this and, and other uses. And, and it, it's really looking like it's going to happen. Like, I feel like I've just been focused on it so long and we've put it out there and we keep saying it's going to happen. We keep working towards it. And like, ground is being broke, and we have mm-hmm. architecture plans being, being created. And yeah, it, it's a really exciting time. Yeah, I mean, I heard the advice that you know you need to visualize the future and talk about the future a lot. And oftentimes it will come to fruition, kind of what you're saying that's starting to happen because you guys have focused on it and talked about it for so long, and now stuff is happening. And and I know Peter, we have um, a story all about that. Going deeper into that story on Box Row, I'll I'll link it in the in the podcast notes for everyone listening. Yeah, no, but I just think it's so interesting how you know you've taken these opportunities like when the ballerina come up to you it was like there's opportunity here and even the opportunity for this I know you don't want to call it a community rec center but this place of wellness and, and health and, and fitness like you've seen this opportunity you're taking it and I don't know I guess give me your advice on maybe choosing opportunities and and how to see which ones you go after and how to decide that versus ones that you might passed on by. I don't know if maybe you have any advice in that area because I'm sure yeah. people get thrown a lot of opportunities all the time. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point because, you know, okay, so we mentioned these two or three opportunities that have been very successful. Well, there's probably been a dozen that have not been. And uh, it's just as a uh, entrepreneur, you know, you have to be willing to take chances on both ideas and people. But at the same time, as a business owner, you have to know when to cut your losses too, you know. And uh, I'll be honest, like we've lost friends because of it, because people take it personally. You know, you you empower somebody to take on a venture that you believe that they're passionate about, but when the going gets tough and, and you know, they don't double down like a real entrepreneur needs to, like you got to cut your losses because you can only sustain them for so long. Um, so, you know, I mean, some things that I've learned is that when, when we, when we pursue these, like initially it was always just verbal, like, Hey, let's do it. Yeah, I got your back. You're good. But then when, when people are like, aren't upholding to your expectations, uh, how do you address that? Well, you know, now we, we get everything in writing at the forefront. Like this is the plan. If this happens, we do, you know, these are our options. If this happens, these are our options. And, and you really like, no matter how foolproof, even like your initial, I'm going to start a gym with my two best friends. Like you have to get everything in writing and you have to have those, um, those abilities to get out of the situation. Cause when you start making money, things change, or if you start losing money, things change. And, uh, you just need to be prepared for that. And, uh, you know, I, I mentioned having a, a great uh, accountant CPA. Well, you also need to have a great lawyer. Like, unfortunately those are expenses that are critically important with these types of ventures. Mm. 
it is hard advice, but I think it's good advice. I think it's hard advice in the sense this industry is built on relationships and there's so many deep relationships. And I don't know, I've seen a lot of heartache in the sense of it's hard things that had to happen and mm-hmm. people weren't prepared for them to happen because they were like, no, we're friends. It's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, those are some, those are some good points. Yeah, and you know, like on all these like little things, like we don't use a lawyer for that, but like when we start a business together, you know, like we're starting an LLC or a corporation together, like you're darn right, we're going to pay a lawyer and get just you know get this operating agreement dialed in because they know the right questions to ask. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, and you you have to start off on the right foot, and you have to start Mm -hmm. off like a business for it to continue as a business. So yeah, yeah, I know that makes sense, and and Peter too, I'm just kind of curious like with these programs you know with with the ballerinas and having that and even with looking forward and and the community wellness rec center not like yeah that you're basically building um what what would you say are the benefits of having those kind of unique offerings or unique twists to your business you know things that make you stand apart what what would you say are the benefits of those things and maybe why other affiliates should I don't know, start to think outside the box and start to wonder what their community wants and wonder what their community needs. Yeah, that's, thanks. That's actually a wonderful question. And, um, you know, I, I've tried to put it into words before and I, I've struggled to really dial it down. But recently what I, what I realized it is, and it was, it was an attempt to try to get some visual uh, representations of what we're trying to do and why are we trying to do it. And it's this idea of like, there is this opportunity for a bright and beautiful future. And uh, you, know, you say that and you're like, well, duh. Well, I think it's just as easy to imagine a, uh, a very bleak and pessimistic future of people being unhealthy and not options and, you know, kids not being um, inspired or, you know, no innovation in their minds. And that's ultimately that's what it comes down to. Like, I want to provide the opportunity so that kids can be challenged physically, mentally, emotionally. They can have support when needed. You know, families can have that. Like, you, you think back, you know, hundreds of years, and you would just think about like, the way that, as like a young family is coming into the world, like they would rely on other families for experience and knowledge and uh, you know expertise. And we don't have that anymore. Everyone refers to the internet or some you know something cold and dry. And I feel like we can bring back that community aspect. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, we're seeing that firsthand here. Like, I learned so much from these other parents and mothers, you know, about what it takes, you know, what does your child need or what's, what's he going through right now. And uh, I just think that's something that we need in this world today. We're, we're becoming so disconnected with all of our connected things um, that we just need a little one-on-one personal time with each other or in group settings, you know, doing things that we enjoy. Mm. Yeah, I think last time we talked to you, it brought up the movie Wally, <laughs> and yeah. the picture with with that society and how society had really kind of gone quite far <laughs> in the negative direction. So I I thought that was such an excellent uh, picture of what you want to avoid, and that's like kind of the the fuel driving you in these decisions, which I think is awesome. So yeah, and and Peter, one of my last questions for you is, I mean. How can other affiliates even expand their offerings? Like when, you know, someone comes up to them and asks, you know, hey, like this would be a really great idea. I guess do you have any like steps they, they should take or things they should think about as they're pursuing these different options? Like, you know, when, when the ballerina can pursue is like, hey, what about this? Like, I don't know if you have any steps or advice in terms of that and actually getting it implemented and making it an actual real thing. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, depending on the extent of like the the uh, offering, like you, you should run some uh, some preliminary budgets. You know, like make sure that it's actually viable. You know, like how many kids are you expecting to train? How much are they going to pay? How much are you going to pay your coaches? Just to make sure that there is some revenue left over there, because uh, you know you are a business. Like you need to make some money off of it. And we don't make a ton of money. We don't make much money really off of the off of the the ballerinas, but it just it provides such a, uh, a unique. I don't know, context to, to our facility and it really shows the diversity here. Um, but yeah, I would always say just some preliminary cash flow analysis, just making sure that it's actually viable. Um, but then, you know, vetting that individual because again, like you can't, as the business owner that they're coming to, you can't run it for them. Like you have to trust that they are going to, you're going to provide them some means or some, you know, space or whatever it is that you're going to provide them, but they're going to be able to take care of the rest. They're going to be able to, you know, work with their people and organize their people. And so, uh, yeah, just make sure it's financially viable and make sure that they're really the passionate leader that they claim to be. I think those are the first two things that you need to analyze. Yeah, I think those are excellent points. Goodness, those are really good, Peter. Um, also, I realized I wanted to ask you, where does the name CrossFit Theory come from? That's a good question. Like I think back, so like when we started, I had three partners. There was four of us. It was two couples, and Mm -hmm. it it was a few years in that it changed. It changed to three people, and then Mm -hmm. it changed again to two people, and even now it's changing to just one person. So like it's constantly evolving. But where did Fury come from? I'm I'm honestly not sure. I remember we were going through the names and. You know, so 10 years ago, there was a lot fewer affiliates than there are now. Yeah. And I remember being, I remember being, being disappointed because CrossFit Arizona was already taken and then CrossFit mm. Phoenix, which is the biggest city in Arizona, was already taken. Like, that was like, oh man, I couldn't imagine nowadays trying to pick a name. Um, uh, it's, it's hard. People have told me yeah. they, will, they will submit like 30 different options and get denied on every single one. Yeah, uh, you know, but uh, something about Fury just resonated. Uh, maybe it's mm-hmm. like some some internal, you know, battles that I've had through my life. And there's, mm-hmm. I, I've had people say that I might have an anger issue, but I, I don't, you know, <laughs> um, it's it's very hot here in Arizona, so we want something that you know signifies like sweltering heat. And uh, and then our our original um, business was is an LLC called Furious Fitness. And so, uh, Furious Fitness, DVA Cross of Fury. Um, but you know, one thing that I do feel like is like, okay, I am a hundred percent about the Cross Fit methodology, but mm-hmm. similarly, like it is, uh, it is important that businesses establish a brand for themselves, you know, yeah. separate of that. Like, you know, we embrace CrossFit and everything we do, but at the same time, like we're building the brand of Fury. Like what is, what is Fury by itself? So I would, uh, I would encourage the potential affiliates to, you know, pursue all avenues of names and like, there's all kinds of ways you can incorporate, you know, powered by CrossFit or what have you within a, a name that does not need to have it in it per se, just to make things a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to explain that to a friend of mine that was starting a nonprofit one and he didn't quite understand it. But um, yeah, that you know, there was something else that came to me that I, I wanted. Oh, one more thing I wanted to share is um, at a certain point, you know, the, the beauty about our business is that we have this these wide variety of members that we get to interact with and pull from. And a few years ago, I ended up putting together a, a board of directors for our our business, and they really helped guide me in making a lot of these mm-hmm. tough decisions that I probably would not do on my own. So um, I, have, I have three individuals on this board, three and myself, 
and uh, they come from extensive uh, business and finance backgrounds. So, you know, we will have monthly or quarterly meetings where uh, I present, like, our current financial snapshot, you know, our balance sheet, our profit and loss, and then operational, you know, listen, like, what are our memberships at? What are our employees at? How are things doing? And we really run through the entire business. And then we finish with uh, ideas that I have for new opportunities or, or things like that. And they really kind of vet them. They they ask tougher questions than I ever would. And uh, it has really changed the way that we operate and the way that I think having this, this board to rely on. So that would be something I definitely encourage. I feel like, you know, maybe not right off the bat, like let yourself get established, let's, 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 you know, cover the fundamentals, get, get some cash flow going, but then... Uh, very early on, I'd see if you could find those members within your gym that have experience that you could learn from and then uh, lean on them as much as they're willing to uh, to offer. Hmm. That's a really good idea. That is the first time I've heard of the idea, Peter. That is fascinating. Do, you, do the members rotate or has it always been the same people? It, so far, it's always been the same people, but I've, I've nominated a fourth individual to come in really representing the medical field. So, oh. um, you know... When we hosted 18.4, it was it was also um, not ironic, but it was just very uh, like meant to be. So, uh, so we, we got the opportunity to host 18.4, and you know, obviously, we've had all these things in the works until then. And we we have a very strong medical community here. We uh, we work with a lot of local hospitals. We have, I mean. I need to do a final count, but I'm pretty sure we have about 12 MDs and I would say up to 30, 40 people who are like seriously in the healthcare field that are members of our gym. And so, uh, you know, when we got the opportunity to host 18 that was great. And then I got this message saying, hey, Glassman is going to be speaking in Phoenix on CrossFit Health. And I recently just got turned on to CrossFit Health oh, and their, yeah. their desire to get involved with MDs. Mm-hmm. And they're like, do you have any doctors you can bring? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think we went down there with 12 people. We were able to get 12 people last minute. Wow. Like, we had other people that were on spring break. Like, and uh, it was just, it was so just right time, right place. And you know, thinking about my board of directors, I've been I've been working to get this this doctor. He's a uh, he's like a, a regional director involved in in our operations to help guide us to be as in line with potential medical changes or or just you know how can we interact with and assimilate with the medical community better. Um, so it's just yeah, it was all very great time and very motivating for us and and with the way that I've been thinking about things. Wow, man, what what awesome coincidences and just fascinating, I don't know, mindset you have with, with that board and just getting those members involved and helping lead that direction. That's awesome, Peter. Yeah. That, that is cool. And I don't know, affiliates who are listening, like, man, maybe that's something to think about, guys. Think about getting your members on board, <laughs> literally, and, and yeah. you know, getting them to input and give advice. It sounds like it's really worthwhile for you. Um, or these past few years, so that's oh man, well, that's really cool. When you, when you when you change people's lives, like they they, I don't want to say they feel indebted to you, but they're grateful to help you affect other people. You know, they they jump on the opportunity. Yeah. Yep. Jump on their opportunity, and they often have other viewpoints and helpful things to say. So, yeah, very very true. Awesome, man, Peter, you are full of some good, solid advice and wisdom. I think you've been doing this for quite a few years, so <laughs> super, super awesome to be able to talk to you today on the show. Um, wrapping up, anything else you want to say? Anything else you want to share to the affiliates listening? I, I think that's uh, I think that's really about it. Um, nothing, nothing jumping out to me, but, you know, just 
I'm just grateful for this opportunity because, again, we think back to what I was doing 10, 12 years ago, and it was yeah. not this. And uh, yeah. I'm just, I feel every time I get an opportunity to talk to Greg or, or any of the guys, you mm-hmm. know, in the upper echelons of CrossFit, I just, I thank him for the opportunity. Like, it just it kind of fell into my lap, and it's worked wonderfully for us. Mm. Yeah. No, it, it is cool to hear where you were and now where you, and see where you are now. So that's awesome, Peter. Well, hey, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really appreciate you just sitting down, talking with me, sharing your wisdom, your advice to just all of those listening. Uh, but yeah, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for the opportunity, Heather. Appreciate it.